Sports Leadership Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fierce Leadership Podcast. So today I want to share a very special interview. I was on Pastor Armand Sheffi's Fury and Friends podcast, which is a hilarious podcast and very insightful. You should check it out. It talks not only about spiritual matters, but about, you know, just kind of like hobby-ish stuff, especially if you're into the MCU or Star Wars or stuff like that. Some of you know, I've got a long history of relationship with Pastor Armand, Pastor Fury, as he's often called. And um, we just kind of share bro stuff, but we also talk about what I consider to be some of the toughest stuff in ministry. And it was so valuable, I thought that we would share it right here on the FLP. So let's tune in. Here's Pastor Fury and I talking about some of my toughest ministry lessons. Let's take a listen. So after you... You started the the church. You planted that was torch. Um, I've I've been in a lot of your stories since then. But like, what are some of the highlights you feel like of the places where you're like, wow, like God just blew you away from that point, from like when you launched the church and to the point that you're at today. Like, where are the places where you're like, and I know there's been innumerable, you know. Uh, so maybe is there one or two stories that you you can recollect right now that you're like man this was this was something that i didn't see coming that um only god and i'm blown away by yeah i'll I'll give you a couple but they're probably the opposite of what you might anticipate okay so i would tell the stories there were certainly ways that you know sometimes the faithfulness of god is really best seen in the rearview mirror like you can't feel it while it's happening you right. know, yeah. but you look back and you're like, oh my cow, like I can't believe that I was through that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like my whole story. Like I look back now, like, oh goodness, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Like, thank you, Lord. Like, I can't believe that you did all that. Yeah. <laughs> so probably the first one is, and, and I mean this just giving glory to God, it's amazing that it worked at all. <laughs> like now is it, you know. I'm 15 years in from that now, and I'm looking back, and as we think about doing other things for the Lord, you know, there's so much more planning and thought and like, you know, you just know more what could go wrong. Not knowing what could go wrong was a dramatic benefit for younger us, okay? So- um, You made decisions so much easier. (laughs) Yeah, like like blind faith, really, you know, you'll get a lot more bloody noses because you don't have any wisdom, but it'll also- you know, in our case, help us to take risks we never would have taken. Like we right. just opened up this 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 church at all with almost no money and and really janky equipment and 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 I'm, I mean this sweetly to anyone who ever hears it from that era. But bro, I remember every, almost every Sunday for the first several years when the band would play, I would like it was I it, I knew like I had a little bit of a music background and I I was just like. I'm so embarrassed that this, <laughs> what this is. And so when people would come, I, I almost feel like, I don't know why you're here, man. Like, this is, I feel sorry for you that you're here today. Um, I'm so sorry that you came today. <laughs> I hope that the Lord <laughs> blesses you in some way, in spite of us. And, they were, and you know, what was awesome is they were all precious servants who were trying to pull this off. And they they got incredible. Like, they're, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. so good. That's one of the things but, that I would say from from then to now, like 
night and day. Like the the worship yeah. ministry that that's going on at Fierce right now is just like it, it it blows my mind every weekend. Like, and I never thought I would ever say something like that. Okay. So that's a, an example of God's faithfulness. Just that you, you don't know. You know, sometimes just overthinking it, man. Yeah. I think thinking through with wisdom is very smart, but when it's God, you just got to God. And this is a, a lesson of my life very recently. So that's probably one. Another one was, it was at one of our, probably one of my lowest moments. Um, we had gotten removed. So we, we'd kind of gone into two locations and we were told we had to shut down one. The, the people that were, that owned that location, they were like, Hey, we're building something here. You guys got to go. And then with the way things were with our finances, we're like, we just have to, instead of even just going back to the home place, we need to find a much cheaper place for everything. Yeah. As you remember, it was very expensive. Um, yeah. Uh, so we couldn't, I, we didn't want to do that. And we go to this place that to me was very humble, like the place we were holding church, like sound wasn't even near as good. The look of it, no AC. And I'm sitting there kind of on the stage one night. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, Lord, I don't know how we got like, I don't know why this is the way like we were doing better than this before. Why are we here? And in one of the simplest ways I've ever heard God speak to me, I just heard him said, I was born in a manger. And like, in other words, I'm attracted to humble places. I will manifest my presence in places. The Kings of the world would not go. Mm. Um, and so just the, the idea that God's choice is, is the opposite of even what church culture would choose mm-hmm. um, as, as his place of where he wants to rest. So that was probably another turning point for me of just the way you're looking at things. of like, well, where, where does God want to be? Like, where does he want to manifest himself versus what is my human plan? That's so good. That's so good. What's the thing that you feel like is is fresh that either the Lord has just recently taught you or you're in the middle of learning, whatever you'd feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And, and for your audience, you know, you and I've talked about this a little bit, but I'll elaborate a little bit. Um, so I'm a recovering productivity nut job. All right. So a lot of my, you know, past 15 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's been all about like getting things done, finding ways to slice every 15 minute slot so that I can get more done. Cause I just want to be effective for the Lord. And it's like, Hey, I've only got so much time that I'm going to die and I want as much fruit as possible. So, you know, and, and it's just kind of like buck up, dude, get tough and and learn how to do it and sleep less, you know, and, and all that. And, um, that just, I didn't see it, but that, that was really a form of idolatry. Like it just mm-hmm. became get things done at all costs instead of wait on the Lord. And I remember many years ago, hearing the Lord say to me, super clear, I was sitting on the sofa, just like in a, in a little break. And the Lord said, if you go too fast, you can't hear me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't totally understand what he meant because I could still hear him. It's, it, he didn't stop speaking. You know, there was a, vibrant life of hearing from God through the scriptures and through the spirit. But what he really meant was, unless you listen slowly, you're not hearing everything I have to say. Mm. And to listen slowly, you have to go slower. And so I think one of the most major revelations of my past 15 years has been, God is not calling you to do everything that you could do. I'm super like, 
like you, there's you're way more creative than me, but there's a level of creativity. There's a level of vision of like, if I can think it up, we can probably do it. Yeah. And there's just an optimism there. You, you know what I'm saying? But the, the lesson, it's not just that God's indifferent about it. It's that it's not his will that you do everything that you could do. Yeah. And that was major. It took, took a, a spanking, you know, in the past year, it took a, I was, I was to the point after COVID, I was so stressed out. I had P- PTSD. I've never had that before. I did like, I had to take an emergency three month sabbatical because I was just so jacked up. And a lot of it was just the pace I was going. It was nonstop and it was hopeless, I guess, from a certain point of view. So the idea that I had to find the pace of grace as mm. Pastor Mike Todd talks about it. I didn't even know what the heck that was. I'd heard Mike Todd preach on that. I, I was like, that sounds good, but I don't yeah, know. It felt sweet. That's nice. Really yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, after three months off, and really, I think with God's help going after that, there's much more an internalization of stay in the moment of like, there's pressures <clears throat> like, like you, and most of your audience knows about this. You're here, but you're thinking about other things. You're thinking about what you've got and, and that conversation with somebody and how that's going to go. And you're hurt over here. And that's hard. All of that. I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like I have to, and you have to even put, you have to be ready to push back on it, to stay in the moment that you're in, enjoy the, the agenda that God has given you be with these people, enjoy the spirit of God for where you are. And just, and with all the rest, you're just like, I don't know. I'm going to have to trust God. And and what's hard for productivity people like us is, yeah, you're going to get less done. Right. There's no way to get the same amount done. You have to get less done. But the richness of his presence, it's like such a better trade. Like I'm, I'm actually at peace. Like I'm enjoying margin in a way that I'd never have. And it's not that life is slow. It's just that I'm pushing back against that stuff and keeping an internal pace by the grace of God that Dude, it's just so much more. We talked about, I think we we connected during my sabbatical. Yeah. And we talked about this neo-monastic life. Yeah. I'm like, is that even real? Is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like I'm I'm touching more of it as as I'm always. So that's the biggest one that I never would have been able to articulate before because I really didn't have revelation on it. Yeah, that that's that's so powerful, brother. That and I we've had these conversations to a degree and uh I just know that was a thing that the Lord, like layers of that, the Lord was talking to me back in, in the 2018, 2019, as I was kind of like resetting <clears throat> what ministry life looked like for me, but I didn't really receive the message. <laughs> I was, there were so many things that were changing that like yeah. the, the, the thought of like it being a slow, um, even more a uh, simpler walk with the Lord. Yeah. Um, it, it quickly got buried by so many other things. And I, and I kept telling myself, yeah, you're still living that. And yet <clears throat> it wasn't until my last brief little sabbatical in July where I realized, and actually I think a conversation I had with you then uh, while you were in the midst of yours was like, okay, the Lord was like knocking. Like, so are you ready to actually look at what's true? about you right now <laughs> you're not you're not living that so since yeah. then i've been literally trying to um really truly receive that revelation 
so that then I can actually make some changes. And I'm and I'm starting to make some changes now, but I I know I'm not there yet. So I still get this sense of like what the Lord's calling me to is definitely beyond my current reality. And I need to be like faithfully and determinedly like pursuing that uh, so I can experience more and more of the freedom and joy that I'm always talking about. Yeah, that's it. I think a, a piece of that that I'm understanding maybe a little bit in a, in a different way is there's a competition of ambitions. Mm. I'm really ambitious. And so, and I've always just thought, oh, that's just the Lord in me. Like the Lord is maybe ambitious. That means I need to go after things. There's an ambition to go do things and get things done and grow the church and help people. And then there's an ambition to be close to Jesus. Mm. And those things fight. And I never understood that those were in a fight, but they are. And so I've got a day and it's day by day. Like I, I even, I'm not mastering it. I'm stumbling through it, just realizing it at all yeah. that I can either choose to, I'm going to press into pursuing God deeper, or I'm going to give, I'm just going to let all my ambitions run free and go after them as they kind of come to mind. And I just can't have both. It's just not going to happen. That is that is so good, brother. Like that, it's interesting. So the uh, the last episode um, in interview that Jariel had with me on this, um, I talked about how a difficulty in the church is that there's the um, the kind of almost American, but even more just like I think human drive of like wanting more and more and more and pursuing more mm-hmm. and bigger and better versus more Jesus and more of God's presence. You know what I mean? But I love the way that you said of the competing ambitions, because that like actually like spoke directly to me because I know myself to be ambitious, but I've also like looked at it as like, well, yes, there's these godly ambitions. It's like, this is what, but it's not ambition for God. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, like, like it's man, that's, that's good. That's good. So I think yeah. I, you can just close it right now. No, it's, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go chew on that for a while. <laughs> That's so yeah. good, brother. And it's so weird, I think, because when you start, or at least when I started, they're threaded together. They're like, yeah. they're like, oh, I can be ambitious. And my relationship with God in, reinforces that on some level and right. vice versa. But then the one just becomes a God. And it's like they're, mm. they're fighting and you don't notice them begin to fight. And... Yeah. I've just, I've let the other one win too much, man. Like I hate it. Jesus is my first love and that's what I want on this planet. So oh, man. not to mention it doesn't work the other way. I mean, it is <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't even work. Why it's just the I, practical, the practical reality that that's not going to work out. <laughs> in so his good. mercy, and this is, this is another place of his mercy. In his mercy, he doesn't let it work yeah. because he's like, you're never going to be, once again, you're never going to be happy unless I'm the one you actually want. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Well, um, before we get to uh, some uh, lighter sides of uh, Pastor Carter, uh, one last uh, thing that maybe uh, gets into a bit of, uh, I think, the places where you really needed to lean into the Lord. But what do you think is uh, one of the um, biggest challenges or the, the hardest things about being a spiritual leader as, as you look back at your like 15 plus years doing that? I don't want to spook anybody. Okay. Do it. <laughs> I thought about giving you a softball answer to this question, but I'm just going to tell you what I really think. Mm. Um, the hardest part of leadership for me, I think 
in every season is the idea that betrayal is a part of God's curriculum for spiritual leaders. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Now you think about this to me. So that means, dang it, I haven't experienced yeah. that yet. Oh man! So you think about you think about Jesus and Judas. Now, here's the thing, man. In a sense, we're all a type of Judas to Jesus. So right, right. when I say we're all be- being betrayed is bad, we're all betrayers anyway. So that goes without saying. But um, <clears throat> so there's always a, a Judas. You know, for David, there's a father-in-law that wants to kill you. Um, there is Joseph. You've got the brothers. There's, there's in, in all of our spiritual leaders in the Bible, we see there's a dramatic like betrayal test where people that you love, you've invested in, they totally either misinterpret you or just flat out, you know, for some reason want to get at you or whatever. Um, and it, and you're you're a spiritual parent of sorts, and just like you're when you're a real parent, your kids don't always understand you parenting them well. You know what I'm saying? So when you don't let somebody have something or you, you know, don't promote somebody or, or whatever, because they're idolatrous people as well, they can have things that now you're in their way. Whereas before they thought you were helping them. Now you're opposing them. Not really. And so there's there's just been multiple times over the years where you gen, when you're a pastor, dude, you genuinely love your sheep. What I didn't understand is, as you sound really bad occasionally it's not most of them it's very few of them in my experience but underneath that sheep's wool there's a scorpion Mm. and like they will sting you and what you've got to do the way to pass the test is you actually have to do the the practice of forgiving and like Mm. praying for them and not because it's so easy to just you just get angry and bitter man and that could have been true for me right off the bat Mm. but knowing that that's not even going to stop so it's like, I, sure, I've, I've passed tests with regard to that, but there's going to be more. Like, so there's just this thing of like, we learn how to be forgiving people and how to love those who hurt us. And I, I, I don't want to give any crazy ideas like I'm doing this well. I just know I'm supposed to do it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's the thing I'm trying to do. So wow, that is definitely, for me, the hardest part of spiritual leadership is knowing, because you don't know who the who the people God is going and God, you it's all from God, like receive everything from the Lord. Yeah. Even betrayals are even Judas was in a sense from the Lord. Um, so you, you got to know that you, in some way you can't blame them for that, but you've got to pass the test and it's, you can't see it coming. So everybody, you, what you want to do is you're like, after you get the first three, you're like, well, I'm going to hold off on how much I really love people and invest in people because they might be mm-hmm. a, a betrayer ultimately right. down the road. You know what I'm saying? And the Lord's like, love them anyway. I'm not telling you who it is. Right. But you're going to have to just take it as it comes and love them because he's trying to form Christ's heart in us, which uh, is like. It's like what we want, but it's so painful. It's such a painful process. Yeah. Even just doing the work. Like there's work to to forgive people Mm. that have really hurt you. Like that is not a one-time thing. That is a like. I've got to go to the Lord. I've got to pour out the poison that's now in my spirit. I've got to choose by the Holy Ghost to think well of them. I've got to choose to bless them, you know, try, try to find ways to just like, well, Lord, I, I really believe, you know, 
they're going to do great things or, or whatever. They don't know what they're doing or, or, or you know, whatever it is. You can't keep that. You've got to heal it. And that just takes time. And so I've still got people year, you know, year after year that I, I consciously have to say out of my mouth, God, I've erased that debt. Hmm. The devil will bring up that debt the way that they've hurt me or whatever. And I know I've done that to people I don't even know. Right. But I've got to say that debt is erased. That's not true. I've already forgiven that. They don't have any debt. I, I wish, and I wish they never get any result, like any negative for what happened. Mm. Like literally praying that, dude, that's hard with your enemies. That sounds really hallmark and easy. <laughs> yeah. Not when you love them, not when you had them over for dinner, not when you were the one who was praying them through that storm. So mm. that is good, man. That, that right there, I think is uh, going to challenge and bless some leaders right now man thank you thank you for going there thank you for not playing softball <laughs> and uh you know getting, getting tight in the box there and <laughs> taking a fastball all right my friends that's all the time we have for today thank you so much for joining us if you get value out of this podcast make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app and don't forget to share it with your people wherever you share things and wherever your people are if you'd like to support the flp consider checking out our patreon page at patreon.com slash fierce leadership or you can become a patron and help us create more leadership development resources for as low as $1 a month. Every dollar counts. And man, it just means so much. All right, my friends, I'll see you next time. Lead strong today.